Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan, presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors, Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, week number four. Paul Charchian with you, my co-hosts today, Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison. Good morning. Good morning, Church. What up, Church? Hey, uh, I don't do this a lot, uh, but I'm going to do it. Going to do it today, right out of the gates. For those people who especially podcast the show, uh, a special request for you to rate and review the show. As you may or may not know, across all of the iHeart Radio stations uh, last year, they basically hit the reset button on all of our podcasting rate and uh, re- they changed all our channels effectively. And so we lost years and years and years of reviews and ratings and had to start fresh. Five stars only, please. Well, we prefer that, but, you know, whatever you think would be great. <laughs> um, you know, we, you know, but if you enjoy the show, if it's, you know, if it's helped you along the way, whatever, we really appreciate people who take time to rate and review the show, iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. Thank you for that. Also, thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer fantasy football. Don't forget to play the free Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com. Win $2,000 in a trip to Manny Steakhouse for our winner's banquet in January. And as always, many thanks to our friends at the brewery. That's Sean Ryan and Brett Moss and Lee Wendinger and the owners, Ted and Jody Marty. And, of course, the general manager of Manny's, Dave Wilson, nice enough to help us out with our massive winner's banquet. All right, guys. Let's roll up our sleeves on uh, on matchups right off the bat. We've got to we've got one we got one matchup on by. We have to do a better job on getting to callers and lightning round this time. We're going to be better than Andy Reid at time management today. That goes without saying. We begin with Detroit taking on Dallas, Matt. That means you are up first. Yeah. Um I'm more interested in what you think about Dallas, but let's start on the Detroit side of the ball. Last week <clears throat> Hold on, wait. Uh-oh. We're, I'm I'm waiting. Thank you for waiting. This is very here's very the time important. management aspect yeah, of the this game is right how here. It all goes. This is how it all goes bad. <laughs> button bar, button bar. I can't find the button bar. Where is it? All right, I there think you're. I think you're about to talk about Carry On Johnson. Why? Yes, I am going to talk great about Carry On week Johnson. How you're trying to go? Hey, finally! There we go. There we go. Carry on Johnson begged y'all to go get him last week. You know, you you can just point at me for a peacock sound. You you have an uncanny peacock uh, imitation. Yeah. Um, Look what happens when you give the most talented running back on your roster 18 touches. You get to end the 70-game streak without a 100-yard rusher. So carry on Johnson gets a B again this week because Sean Lee is going to be out for this game. And when Sean Lee is out, the Dallas run defense is substantially worse. In 2017, the Cowboys allowed 1.3 more yards per carry when Lee was off the field. So Johnson gets the best grade in this game of uh, the the Detroit side with a B. Matthew Stafford's getting a C grade. The Dallas pass defense is legit. They're allowing only 210 passing yards per game, which is fifth best in the league. 
They've only allowed three passing scores, which is best for or third best in the league so far this year. And they faced Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, and Eli Manning. So it's mm. not like they didn't face anybody good. No, yeah. So they, they've been doing a good job. Uh, on the receivers, Golden Tate gets a B. The slot is the weak point for the Dallas secondary, where Tyler Lockett burned them for 77 yards and a touchdown last week, and Tate's averaging 12 targets per game, leading that team. Yeah, they're going, jo- to, they're going to Tate constantly, yeah. which is great. Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, I'm giving them both tepid C grades. Dallas has allowed the third fewest yards to wide receivers this year, and only two touchdowns. Besides the aforementioned Lockett, the top wide receiver outing against the Cowboys this year was Odell Beckham, and he only had 51 yards in that game. How about that? So... Yeah, it, um, it, at this time next preseason, next next preseason, which Lions receiver will have the highest ranking on your preseason cheat sheet? Kenny Galladay. It feels that way, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like it's coming? Yep. Yeah, for Galladay or Jones. They're the, the touchdown guys. I, but, yeah. I, I want to say that Golden Tate's in a contract year too. Well, he might actually he might be. He's been there. So, he's been there long enough that he might be. Uh, we can flip over to the Dallas side, and it's going to be quick. Ezekiel Elliott gets an A. Because if Matt Breida and Isaiah Crowell can top 100 yards and score against mm. the Lions, so can Zeke. Yep. Detroit's allowing 6.3 yards per carry so far this year. It's going to be 30 carries for Zeke because there is nothing in the passing game. The entire passing game for the Dallas Cowboys should be on your waiver wire right now, including yeah. Dak Prescott. We don't even need to talk about him. No, we really don't need to talk about him. Let's move on. Houston taking on Indianapolis, Brian. Feel bad for uh, for Deshaun Watson, who's been downright gallant behind a horrible offensive line that has him running for his life on damn near every play. Yep, he's going to be on the run again. Uh, Indy, sneaky good defense so far. Uh, third most sacks in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Houston is one of ten teams allowing more than three sacks per game. So yeah, Watson's going to be on the move, uh, throwing on the run a lot. Colts also ranked top 12 against the pass by football outsiders. But at least Deshaun Watson has Will Fuller, a healthy Will Fuller. And when he does... Yes. He averages 100 more passing yards per game with Fuller in the lineup, over 300. His passing touchdown rate is nearly quadrupled yeah, with amazing. Fuller in the lineup. So I will give Fuller a B, despite his uh, three-game career catch totals against Indy, 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Hmm. There's going to be more coming in this game. Yeah, probably. Colts are ranked 28th, 28th against number two wide receivers by Football Outsiders. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins is the number one receiver. Going to give him an A, despite only one touchdown, How nine career that? games against the Colts. Kind yes. of shocking. And the Colts secondary, which has, you know, virtually no talent. I mean, well, they used to have Vontae Davis. They, yeah, which was a, past, which was that getting rid of him was the definition of addition by subtraction. And, uh, uh, but they're running out guys like Pierre Desir. Mm-hmm. I, does he belong on a roster? But apparently he does. They've, they've oh, schematically oh, changed a lot. At least, Much improved. At least that one touchdown from Hopkins came in the, the last meeting with the Colts when mm-hmm. he had six catches for 86 yards. Um, Philly and Washington didn't do much against Indy, uh, wide receivers that is, but uh, they did allow two wide receiver touchdowns to the Bengals. One went to A.G. Green, who also had six catches for 92 yards. He and Hopkins are cut from the same cloth, of course, so he still gets the A. And then Lamar Miller, I'm just going to get to C, almost a borderline Barely. bench grade. Yeah. Indy holding running backs to 3.9 yards per carry. Houston's O-line is one sad sack. But uh, opposing mm-hmm. running backs are averaging over seven catches per game against the Colts. And uh, Miller did catch five passes last week, one for a touchdown. So he gets the C grade. Uh, quick, quickly over to Indy. Going to give T.Y. Hilton a B. Has had some monster games against the Texans in his career, including yeah. the last meeting when he had 175 yards and two touchdowns. But that was with the superior Jacoby Brissett under center. We have Andrew Luck starting in this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm a little worried about Hilton here. Um, Ryan Durant, 
almost might take a chance on main receiver. I'm going to give him a C if you're really desperate. Uh, two serviceable games for Grant so far. Yep. Eight for 59 in week one. Scored last week. Houston ranked 30th against number two wide receivers by Football Outsiders. So Grant could be a PPR helper this week if you're very desperate. Uh, Eric Ebron, a very solid B with Jack Doyle out last week. Uh, Ebron saw 88% of the snaps and 11 targets with no Doyle. Uh, Houston has allowed the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends, including two touchdowns. And last year, Doyle had eight for 63 and four for 38 in a touch against the Texans. So, uh, Ebron, you love spot. you love Eric Ebron. So that's more so Matt. Yeah, oh, that is Matt. Yeah, right. I don't mind. You. I don't but, mind Eric Ebron. Go ahead. So for Ebron, is it no Doyle rules? Ooh, yeah, oh, I like uh, it. <laughs> uh, uh, best play. Are oh, you done? Sorry. No. Nah, well, Andrew Luck. He's a player. Nope. nope. Yeah, I'm going to bench him. Almost wanted to give him a C, but i got to see something. Talked about it last week. His average pass distance is, he's going for like all-time history low. Uh, he's barely five yards downfield right now. You can't, you can't, you can't be a functional. Well, and Jacoby Brissett's replacing him on Hail Mary's. Yes. That's which not is a good a, sign either. That's, that tells you plenty about where the arm strength is. Yeah. It is At some matchup, point, though. it'll it's come so back. It's so sad. It's a good matchup. At some the point, the yard strength will come back. And if, if for him to score, he's got it. Some receiver has to turn a four-yard pass into a touchdown. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton scored from three yards out. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that has to happen for Andrew Luck. Yeah. Enough luck talk, right? The, yes. No more luck. The best play on this is, uh, I think, the best angle. Go get the Indy defense this week. Available in almost 90% of leagues. Go get Indy. It's a great matchup for their defense. By the way, right now, they're fifth in sacks in his defense. Yeah. And running backs real quick, Marlon Mack might play with a hamstring. If he if he doesn't go, Wilkins, it's not a good matchup. He gets a C. And uh, Naheem Hines, long dart throw in PPR leagues. Uh, Texans allowing seven yards per reception. And uh, Naheem's been uh, doing some work out of the backfield, but that's a, that's a desperation play. Baltimore goes to Pittsburgh where Joe Flacco Gets an A grade. <laughs> oh no! Yep. What did you do? He's averaging. Here's his, his average game this year is 296 yards and two touchdowns per game so far this year. That and goes actually, into this goes into too. last year too. You can back up all the way to Week 12 of last year and go forward, and that's roughly where he lands. And that's almost exactly the 296 and two. It's almost exactly what he's done in each of his last two trips to Pittsburgh. And the Steelers secondary looks like it's the worst it's been in years. You remember that Patrick Mahomes just toyed with them two weeks ago. Ryan Fitzpatrick destroyed them Monday night. So, uh, I 296-2 and two sounds about right for Flacco, and that puts you into A territory. I've got B grades on both his receivers, John Brown and Michael Crabtree. Both of them, both of them have seen increased reception totals in every game. Brown has scored in two of three. Crabtree scored in the, uh, in the opener and has had 10 and 10 targets the last two weeks. It's all coming together for this passing game right now. Steelers have allowed opposing wide receivers to gain the most yards and the second most touchdowns over the last two weeks. Alex Collins gets... uh, Anybody else? Nope, that's it for the passing game. Uh, Alex Collins going to the running game. Last week, finally gets the big workload, only to have Bunk Allen steal the two goal line runs of one yard each. Uh, Did we put a vulture sound effect on the button bar yet? Um, I think no, there is. Got, I have that. Oh, because I want him to be a bell cow, but he's not a bell cow. No. Um, I'll have one after yeah. the break. All right, thank you. We'll work on the vulture as well. 
Um, yeah, so super frustrating and totally understandable. Steelers, though, giving up 4.6 yards per carry. So maybe Collins doesn't even need the goal line work to be a fantasy contributor and might score from longer than one yard. And he hammered the Steelers in the two games last year. 248 total yards in the two games for Alex Collins. So I got Collins with a solid B grade here, and don't be afraid to put him in your lineup. Bunk Allen, I'm putting him on the bench. Now, I understand he looks like the touchdown guy. He's averaging two yards a carry. Well, when you're only running from one yard out most of the time. Correct. And he gets virtually no work other than that spot, so totally unreliable. Let's go to the Steelers' side. Roethlisberger, Brown, Smith-Schuster, all A's. We're only going to touch on these guys briefly. You know to put them in your lineup. Ben's average home game over the last three years, 334 yards and three touchdowns. He has multiple passing touchdowns in 17 of his last 18 home games. And regarding Juju Smith-Schuster, Baltimore, fresh off Emmanuel Sanders getting a rushing touchdown from the slot, and then one week before that, A.J. Green scored three times all from the slot against them. I love Juju Smith-Schuster in this game as well. Sticking with the passing game, Vance McDonald gets a C here. He's had 10 targets since returning from injury and seems to have separated himself from Jesse James, who only got one target last week. Ravens haven't faced a notable tight end yet this year, so it's no surprise that nobody's top 45 yards. But when these teams met in Pittsburgh last year, get this, James and McDonald combined for 14 receptions and 150 yards. Wow. So, Vance McDonald, startable again. Yeah. C grade. He's the guy. If anyone's torn between he and Jesse James, James, go to McDonald. McDonald yep, sure. it's the ten targets uh, since returning from injury that I think tips uh, tips the scales here. James Washington's only caught three passes all year. He's out. J- uh, James Connor, A grade. As a run defense, Baltimore squarely just middle of the pack in almost every metric. Last year, though, Le'Veon Bell against the Ravens in the two games, three hundred twelve total yards. And five touchdowns wow. in the two games against Baltimore. Let's assume that James Conner is 80% as good as Le'Veon Bell. It's still a monster game potentially coming his way. Those numbers alone probably would have finished him like RB25 last year. Uh, on the season. <laughs> yeah, on the season. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, plenty more to get to, including take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup. We'll tell you who they are when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fans. If you change your mind, I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. Gonna be around. <laughs> if you got no place to go when you're feeling Take down. a chance on me, nine players. Not normally in your starting lineup. Many of whom are available on the waiver wire. In fact, most of these guys are on the waiver wire. I've never heard this version of this I've song never heard before. this either. It's like the siren song. Or, uh... yeah. <laughs> don't don't you steer the ship toward the music. <laughs> In the pantheon of all the versions, this is about as good as it gets, honestly. <laughs> it's the least reprehensible of the group. I don't think my blood pressure has ever been this low. No, probably not. Um, let's go begin at the quarterback position, Brian. Oh, my blood pressure is high again because it's Baker time. Oh, no. Baker oh. Mayfield at the dismal Oakland Raiders. The Raiders have allowed the sixth highest pass rating so far, the third highest pass yards per attempt. And they forced pressure at the league's lowest rate, 15.8%. Now, mm-hmm. to put that into perspective, Khalil Mack, all by himself, 
<laughs> as far as pressure on the quarterback, 18.5% of the snaps he's played this year. I think they're missing him just a little bit. Yeah. So he won't be under any duress, Mayfield, that is. And if you take out the Geno Smith start by the Giants last year against the Raiders. Okay, which we can do. Yeah, very easily. It doesn't they count. have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in seven of their last 13 games. Five of those seven games were for hat tricks. Mm. And lastly, mobile quarterbacks have also had success against the Raiders starting last year. Marcus Mariota, Alex Smith, Tyrod Taylor, and Dak Prescott all scored on the ground. Yeah, Case Baker's Keenum got some a, wheels. He does. Case Keenum had a rushing touchdown in week two, so the rookie's going to make some noise in his uh, all right. first start. Matt, you said Case Keenum, so that means Case Keenum time. I'm going to put this in the kindest possible way I can. Kansas City's defense sucks. Yeah. Or maybe they just don't care. Opposing quarterbacks are averaging 376 yards and 2.7 touchdown passes per game. If they keep this up, the Chiefs will have given up over 6,000 yards passing and 43 touchdown passes. Yeah. And the KC offense is so good, it just forces teams to completely abandoning the run and throwing nonstop. So Keenum's going to chuck the ball. They're at home in Denver. Love Keenum today. I I love Keenum. In fact, I think I've got him inside my top 10. Uh, He's number 10 quarterback for me. Ryan Tannehill, also in that same range, my number 13 quarterback this week. He's won 10 of his last 11 games. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in every game this year, including three last week. And impressively, he does it despite the fact that he throws the fewest passes in the NFL, just 25 per game. Last week, without safety Patrick Chung and quarterback Eric Rowe, Matthew Stafford completed 75% of his passes against the Patriots in the week before that with Chung and Rowe, at least healthy for parts of the game. The Patriots got shredded by Blake Bortles. Next up, Ryan Tannehill. New England ranks 24th in passing yards allowed. They're giving up almost two and a half passing touchdowns per game. Ryan Tannehill. Let's go to the running back position. Brian. I have Jalen Richard at home versus the Browns. Uh, the Browns are ranked 23rd by football outsiders in covering running backs as receivers. They're allowing 13 pass attempts per game to the position. Jalen Richard is only second to Jared Cook in targets and receptions on the Raiders. Uh, yeah. Catch totals of six and nine in two of three games. So six and nine are greater than five, right? Correct. Amari Cooper, the quote-unquote number one, has top five receptions Twice in his last twenty-three games. You're 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 I just had to you're mowing in. our lawn right now. I you know, know that. I, I'm sorry. I just had to. I had to. But right. so Richard in line for good PPR day. I've got Ty Montgomery going up against the Bills this weekend. Uh, the Bills have allowed six receptions to the running backs in Week One, nine receptions to running backs in Week Two, including two receiving touchdowns, and then ten to running backs in Week Three. That's the fifth most in the league heading into Week Four. And Montgomery leads the Packers' weird backfield in targets, receptions, and yards. He's averaging four catches per game. Not not rushing yards. Just all receiving. Receiving yards, yeah. This is definitely a PPR play. That includes six catches for for 448 yards through the air last week against Washington. Alfred Morris goes up against the Chargers. After being downgraded on the injury report last Friday, Matt Breida looks like he's going to be very much a game-time decision here. Alfred Morris downgraded to questionable as well. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah. We're hope- yeah, we're- I think Morris is a lot more likely to go. I hope so. It's the late game, so this thing's super dicey. You're not going to know his status by you know by early game kickoff. But even if Breida plays, Morris is still startable. He's had 12, 14, and 14 carries in three games, and his yards per carry has increased every game up to 4.8 last week. Chargers are a far worse run defense than a pass defense. They've allowed a running back touchdown in all three games this season. They rank 24th against the run. Ideally, you have both Morris and Breida on your roster, and then you can make a decision closer to kickoff of that game. Sure. But I know this is going to be a dicey one for fantasy owners. Let's go to the receiver position. Brian. I'm going with a tight end here, uh, Ben Watson at the Giants. Uh, last year, the Giants allowed the most tight end touchdowns in the whole universe, basically. Uh 
but they were ranked number one against tight ends through the first two weeks of the season. That's because they faced a quiet ASJ and then the Cowboys tight end, so that's not much. Last week, uh, the Texans trio of tight ends amassed 115 yards, so Watson is in a good spot in that electric offense. Uh, Last week, he hung 71 yards on the Falcons, and they had not allowed a tight end to top 60 yards in the 22 games prior to that, so Mm, Watson's a good weapon. Okay. Originally, I had Jake Butt, but Butt hurt. Yeah. So, Butt out for season. Now I have Geronimo Allison. Allison scored in two of three games this season and had 64 or more yards in every game, yet he's 43% owned in ESPN leagues. He's a high-risk, high-reward guy. With an average depth of target at 12.6 yards, that's 13th best in the NFL among players with at least 18 targets, which means he's got a good chance of getting a long touchdown with just about anybody in the league. And from the outside, John Brown, Michael Crabtree, and Mike Williams have each scored a touchdown against the Bills this season. Like Allison is a touchdown scorer this weekend. Taylor Gabriel's way off fantasy radars, but what a great opportunity against the Bucks! He's posted an increase in targets in each game. He started with five targets, then seven. He had ten targets last week. The best reason to throw a flyer at Gabriel is just the juicy matchup. The Bucks shattered secondary has allowed the most receptions the fourth most yards to wide receivers. They're missing a starting safety. They're missing two of their three starting cornerbacks. That means Gabriel's going to see a lot of rookie corner Carlton Davis. Not only is Davis a backup quality cornerback, he's also one of the slowest cornerbacks in the league, and Taylor Gabriel's one of the fastest receivers in the league. I can easily see him getting deep on the Bucks at least once in this game. Taylor Gabriel. That was such a pleasant... Take a chance on me. I, I don't feel, feel like I it feel, ever stopped. Great. No, it it, it it just sort of meandered around <laughs> back and forth, right? And Tony did a, an excellent job mixing it. I think that's part of it. Buffalo yeah. taking on Green Bay. Um, this is a Buffalo offense that has provided few sparks other than the game against the Vikings. And even then, you needed Josh Allen to really cash in or Chris Ivory. I'm sure we're not starting Ivory this week. Is there anybody to play? Um, there's LaShawn McCoy. He gets a C grade because the Packers lost uh, Muhammad Wilkerson and yeah. Nick Perry, so that defense is getting weaker. That's not good since they gave up 120 yards to Adrian Peterson last week, and they've allowed almost five yards per carry to opposing backs so far this season. So as long as McCoy is active, I think he's at least a C grade. And then I looked at Josh Allen in the passing game. We're not going to chase last week's stats because, get this, Going back to his career in Wyoming, mm-hmm. Josh Allen had had a... He, well, yes, last week he had 68% completion percentage and three total touchdowns. He had four such instances of that in college. His net next week, 49% completions, 156 yards on average, and 1.75 touchdowns. He always comes back to earth after a big game, so we're not starting Josh Allen or the passing game. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers gets a B. It would be an A, except Rodgers is still hurt, and Buffalo's defense actually looked good last week, so that combo makes him a B. Devontae Adams gets an A, though. He's had a touchdown in each of the last seven games he's played. It's almost a lock that he gets Even another one. regardless of quarterback. Regardless of quarterback. I like that. Yep. Jimmy Graham, he's getting a B grade. Buffalo has allowed the fifth most catches and the eighth most yards to tight ends this season. They allowed a touchdown last week to Kyle Rudolph. Graham has only had one red zone target on the air. They're gonna. That's they're, crazy. They're gonna focus on him. They have to eventually. I don't know. Make it, do I got to keep losing games, waiting for that to happen? I, I guess not. But God, it's got to come someday. Talked about Geronimo Allison as my take a chance on me wide receiver. Randall Cobb is getting a C grade as well. Cobb's averaging nine targets per game, and the Bills have been torched in the slot by Adam Thielen, Willie Sneed, and Keenan Allen in the first three weeks. And then finally, the running game. 
I got Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones on the bench. Everything out of Packers camp this week was focused on how good Aaron Jones looks, but he only had 25% of the snaps last week while Williams had 43%. If those numbers trend closer to one another, they're a split backfield of runners. It's not good. It's not a terrible matchup either. The Bills give up four rushing touchdowns to opposing runners in the first two weeks, but they've only allowed 60 rushing yards per game this season to the position. And I like Ty Montgomery as the best runner out of that backfield this week because he was my take-a-chance-on-me runner. Randall Cobb is uh, was not able to practice for most of this week with the hamstring injury. Be sure to watch his status on Sunday. Philadelphia takes on Tennessee, Brian. this is I thought, I thought Carson Wentz looked pretty good. Not The mobility is clearly not there on the ACL and the reconstructed knee. But I thought the arm looked pretty good. Tennessee's secondary, not good. Not good at all. Very good run defense for Tennessee, by it the is. way. We'll talk about that in a minute. For, for that reason, I'm giving Wentz a B here. Uh, I think they, they, they throw to win this game. Uh, multiple touchdown passes. Uh, two of the three quarterbacks that the Titans have faced. Uh, Blake Bortles, Bordeaux Potty showed up last week. Mm-hmm. Got blanked, but that's not much of a shocker there. So I got a B for Wentz. Uh, also a B for Nelson Aguilar. Uh, let's talk about Alshon Jeffrey real quick. Uh, out as of right now, but he did return to full practice, yeah. cleared for contact, all that, but... Mm-hmm. Unlikely he plays, but I'm going to give Aguilar a B either way if Jeffrey plays or sits. Might help okay. him a little more if Jeffrey's out there. Yeah, might. The Titans have surrendered the seventh most yards per game to wide receivers, 186 per game, and the fifth most receptions per game. So Aguilar is in a good spot. Uh, Zach Ertz, though, not so much. Even though in uh, 13 of his last 15 games with Carson Wentz at quarterback, he has scored and or topped 80 yards in 13 of those 15 wow. games. But uh, Tennessee, pretty good against tight ends, uh, barely allowing two catches and 23 yards per game to the position. But we're also talking about Mike Gusecki, Gusecki, Ryan Griffin, ASJ. Yeah, so yeah. Ertz, I think Ertz cautious. is cautious. Be He'll be yeah. just, you're not starting anyone over Zach Ertz, but it's not no. the ideal matchup for him. Uh, definitely not an ideal matchup for Jay Ajayi, who will make his return. I have him on the bench. I'm benching, unless wow. it's a true bell cow running back against the Titans, mm. on the bench for me. They're it's the only legit thing about this team. It's what if Corey run. Clement doesn't go, and we already know Sproles has been ruled out? Then you know, at that point, he is a—he yeah. really is right. at that point. If, if, well, Smallwood will be in the, in the mix. mix. Yeah, if Clement's out, that changes things. It but, does. But uh, since the beginning of last year, four rushing touchdowns allowed by the Titans, I believe. I think one guy went over 100 yards during that span. They have a. It's very, a tough matchup. It's a very tough matchup. I can't fault you for starting a Jai, but you, if. Clement is in. I would explore other options, but uh, that's just me. And over to the Titans. This is going to be very quick. Uh, their implied total is under 19 points. Wow. Disgusting. Yeah. Worst offense in the NFL, in my opinion. I got Derrick Henry and Dion Lewis on the bench. Uh, it's a brutal matchup, including their uh, barf Super Bowl run last year. The Eagles have allowed <laughs> three rushing touchdowns to running backs, four total touchdowns over their last nine games. Yeah. And uh, Henry... Henry specifically has rushed for three or fewer yards on 67% of his attempts this year. One carry over 10 yards. Yeah, he's three yards a carry right now. Absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Uh, and the one pass catcher sort of worth talking about is Corey Davis. I'll give him a C because I could see him. This is a banged-up secondary. They, banged they, up just secondary. Lost, they just lost uh, McLeod for the year. Yep. So, so yeah. uh, Eagles have yielded the third most red zone targets to wide receivers. So I will give Davis a C here, though, even though Mariota is on the bench uh, just because. I'd give him a C just based on the fact he came in. We wasn't supposed to play last week. Then Blaine Gabbert got knocked out. He came in. Dude looked good. 
Ran all over the place, threw well on a, despite have, not having full feeling in his hand. I'd give him a C. That's I still me. think I could think of fifteen quarterbacks that'd rather be starting over Mariota. Well, yeah, yeah that, I mean that's all not of our the take issue. Take a chance on me, quarterbacks, definitely. Yeah, so. for sure. All yeah. the all three of those guys. And uh, are higher people as well. might say, "What about Taiwan Taylor?" But we'll we'll talk about him a little later. All right. When we come back, Tampa Bay takes on Chicago. It's it's a very tough matchup. For Ryan Fitzpatrick and all of his receivers, we'll tell you what to do when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Welcome back to the show. Fantasy Football Weekly on the fan. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson, Matt Harrison with you. We roll right back into the matchups with maybe the most intriguing one for the entire day. Tampa Bay traveling to Chicago. What do you do with that electrifying passing game? Well, we're going to show some caution here. Ryan Fitzpatrick drops down to a B level, and there's you know there's the potential for him to put up one of those epic bad Ryan Fitzpatrick games. Battered and beaten on Monday night against a far worse defense, the Steelers' defense, than this one for Chicago. They've already got 14 sacks to lead the league, and I'm worried about him getting hit a lot. We also saw those glimmers of bad Fitzpatrick that show up from time to time. And here comes the Chicago defense that ranks number two in picks. Now, working in his favor, the Bears have given up two, two, and three passing touchdowns in the three games, so multiple touchdowns in every one. This is the best set of receivers the Bears have faced by a mile, so I'm still sticking with him as a B here. But he's got C and bench downside if things go badly. Speaking have we ever used Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, I, I've okay. been workshopping some Fitzpatrick nicknames. How about oh, I like it. Patrick? Uh, Fitzpatrick Airlines or Hair Coriel. Oh, the Flying nice. Beard. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, that, uh, that's it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. What's wrong with Stu Beard? I mean, he might get some history Stu here. knocked out of his beard. He might get it knocked out. Uh, Mike Evans remains an A grade. He's second only to Michael Thomas in yards per game. He's averaging 16 yards per catch. He's already brought in two 50-yard receptions. Something he hadn't done even one time in 39 prior games. Who needs Thanks Winston, to Jameis anyway. Winston. <laughs> he remains an A. Chris Godwin is a C start here. He has scored touchdowns in every game. He's been targeted a healthy 20 times in those three games. Of critical importance, though, he's been targeted six times on plays that start from inside the 10-yard line. So they're throwing to Godwin when they get close to the stripe. He's had some critical drops and mistakes, though, and I, I'm not—I don't—I'm not loving what I've seen here. And the, it, it, but Fitzpatrick keeps coming back to him, so apparently it's, they're okay with it. Yeah, one was a touchdown. He one was a touchdown. touchdown. He did drop a touchdown. He scored a touchdown after that. Chris Godwin is C. Deshaun Jackson's on the bench. Get this. I know he's—I know he's had these electrifying long touchdowns, but he's had getting fewer snaps than Adam Humphreys. And he's got to turn these meager like two, three catches a game into long gains, and that's that's. It's awfully hard to do that on a regular basis, and especially against the Bears. Peyton Barber is on the bench. To my eyes, I think Barber's been running hard, but it hasn't turned anything helpful here, and the Bears' defense has been a nightmare for running backs. We're going to keep him on the bench. Let's go to the Chicago side. If not now, for Mitch Trubisky, he's officially sad trombonski. For the, in fact, Tony... We got the on the yeah. button bar. I need I need to get that on there. What oh, is on the button there. bar? It is already on there. It's great. It's gonna be sad tromboned. It's going to be it's gonna be sad tromboneski. If he doesn't if he doesn't perform this, it's week. a here. Everything is lined up. He's going against a secondary that's missing a safety and two cornerbacks. It's on a short week for Tampa traveling to Chicago. I mean, it all comes together here. 
Tampa ranks 31st in passing yards allowed. Dead last in completions allowed. We'll try him. C grade on Mitch Trubisky. I can't go B. He's had one two-touchdown passing game in his career. We'll go to, uh, let's stick with the receivers, though. Allen Robinson gets a B grade. Tampa, as I mentioned, a most receptions allowed to wide receivers, 18 per game, which is staggering. Almost 200 yards per game to receivers as well, fourth most. Robinson is Mitch Trubisky's safety valve guy. He's getting 10 targets a game, uh, and he's produced at least 50 yards in every game. He is startable as well. Taylor Gabriel was my take a chance on me wide receiver. You heard that earlier. He's startable with a C grade. And at the tight end position, Trey Burton. The Bucks have allowed the most catches and the most yards to tight ends. His yardage has increased each week, and Burton has been on the field for 85% of their snaps. He is a B start here. I'd like, to, and really within the realm of tight ends, he's probably an A start here. Let's go to the running backs. For Jordan Howard, 14 of Jordan Howard's 24 carries have gone for two or fewer yards, or did last week, and he's averaged just two and a half yards per carry over the past two games. Tampa ranks seventh in rushing yards per carry at just 3.6. So really, I don't love him for yards here. You're looking for touchdowns? <clears throat> Excuse me. He returns to Soldier Field where he has scored 12 of his 16 career touchdowns, and Tampa's allowed for rushing touchdowns. So I like him for a score more than I like him for yards. Tariq Cohen is on the bench. His reception totals are disturbingly low, just 2.5 per game, and Jordan Howard's ability to catch the ball has eaten into Tariq Cohen's role as the team's pass catcher. He is on the bench. Next matchup. Jets taking on Jacksonville. Matt? Yes. Quincy Anunwa, I think, has probably been fantasy football, the best fantasy receiver for the Jets. You like him in a brutally tough matchup with Jacksonville? The, yeah, so Jacksonville, a newsflash, good defense. Yep. So I have the entire Jets offense on the bench. I'm cool with that. Quincy Anunwa is the only guy that you could even consider starting. Nun was averaging almost 10 targets per game and runs 62% of his routes from the slot. So in the slot, he avoids Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye and will mm-hmm. face injury fill-in Tyler Patman. Right. So that's the only guy that you could even consider starting on the Jets side. Over on the Jacksonville side, Leonard Fournette's getting a B grade. Fournette tweeted uh, last night that just happy to be back and we'll see you on Sunday. So yeah, it looks back. it looks like he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um that's one of the things he's got going for him. Second, Corey Grant and TJ Yeldon did virtually nothing in his absence, so the workload can go back to Leo. And and the third thing going for him, the Jets were embarrassed by Carlos Hyde in the double birthday game. Birthday for him, birthday for his new baby right. last week. At, at Carlos Hyde had 99 and two touchdowns. Hyde had 4.2 yards per carry. The passing game, it's not nearly as good, though. I got uh, Keelan Cole as my only starter in the passing game. He gets a C grade. Two wide receivers have topped 100 yards against the Jets this season. And Golden Tate had seven catches for 79 yards and a touchdown in week one from the slot. That's where Keelan Cole runs most of his routes out of. But Blake Bortles and Austin Safarian Jenkins in the revenge game Mm. are both on the bench. Um, No tight end to face the Jets has had more than two targets per game thus far. So it's hard to tell if they're covering the position really well or A.J. Derby and David Njoku aren't much of a challenge. So rest of them on the bench. Uh, I had failed to mention O.J. Howard. Thank you, Twitter. Um, he gets a B grade in this game. His targets have gone up in every game. He's put up 96 yards and 72 yards in the last two weeks. And Chicago, in the last two weeks, has given up touchdowns to Ricky Seal-Jones and Will Disley. Thank you, so Twitter. I like, I like O.J. Howard, and I apologize that I skipped his uh, his bit. Every tight end gets a bump this week with <clears throat> Jordan Reed on by Engram's hurt, Jack yeah. Doyle's hurt. Yeah. There's a shortage you're, already. You're, you're starting virtually anybody with a yeah. pulse this week. 
Uh, next matchup and final, probably final matchup of this segment, Cincinnati taking on Atlanta. This Atlanta defense is ravaged by injury. Both safeties are out. Their best linebackers out. I see huge games coming from virtually all the Bengals. Oh, yeah. This game opened at a 48-point over-under. It moved up to 53. So Dang. we're looking at a hashtag point orgy here. Uh, <laughs> starting with A.J. Green. I'm giving him an A, despite the groin injury that knocked him out at halftime last week. Makes me a little nervous uh, if he suffers a setback. Maybe a little bit of a decoy role, but no, yeah. not really. As you mentioned, Atlanta down two starting safeties. Desmond Trufant, Robert Alford, decent corner combo, but they're going to have trouble with Green in this one. Uh, they'll probably have trouble with Tyler Boyd, too. Atlanta has allowed four touchdowns over the last two weeks to number two and number three wide receivers. Tyler Boyd has scored twice during that span. Mm-hmm. Looks really good, so I'm giving him a B here. What do you think about a dart throw on John Ross, who's done very little? Had the big preseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big-time dart throw. Not in a seasonal play, but on a daily site like Fanball.com, he comes in very cheap. Could I play a... in the Fanball.com $30,000 contest, uh, $30, contest for no money? No, because they'll lock you up. The yeah, fantasy police, right? Yeah, everyone else can. You can't. I can't, I can't no, either. I can't. None that's of us three can. That's why I've been miserable not. for over a year now. Fan, I can't. Fanball.com slash radio if you want to participate in the $30,000 contest. It's a paid contest, but you get to enter for free when you go to fanball.com slash radio. By the radio. way, it's almost full. It is if, almost full. If you're you want to get yeah, in it, right. you have to get in it now because it's almost full. Yes, you want to You want to jump into this contest. If you wait till Sunday, it'll be it'll be filled. Um, lots of starting grades to get through, though. I'm only giving Eifert a C because C.J. Uzoma and Tyler Croft are taking significant snaps and targets from uh, Eifert. Inexplicably. Eifert had a good week last week. A.J. Green did leave at halftime, as mentioned, so that probably helped there. But again, the Falcons' defense has been good against tight ends, but anything this defense has done over the last year, thrown out the window with all these injuries. They're a whole other unit. So just a C for Eifert. Easy A for Andy Dalton, top five option this week. Mm -hmm. He's looked great behind that revamped offensive line. Uh, Atlanta's not going to bring much pressure. And Gio Bernard, another A, um, handled all of the running back touches last week. Should do so again against an Atlanta team that's allowed the most running back receptions for all of eternity, it feels like. Um, also, That would be 2015, 2016, 2017, and now 2018. Atlanta yeah. has allowed the most receptions to running backs. I can't even We call that, that a trend. Back. Yeah, a little bit of a trend. A little bit. Also ranked dead last in straight-up rush defense by Football Outsiders. Gio is going to go off here. Uh, he is my number four running back this week. Uh, yeah, fair, 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 fair grading there. Uh, over to, who are, we, who are they playing? Atlanta. Atlanta. Let's talk about the receivers. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Going to give them both an A. Uh, Ridley's snaps, targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns have gone up each week. And if that trend continues, he'll have like five touchdowns. Well, yeah, I think that's, yeah, well, just but, keeping the trend even. Yeah. But in all seriousness, there's one good corner on Cincy. That's William Jackson. He is firmly planted on the right side all the time. Right. Ridley and Julio, essentially a third between the both boundaries and the slot. They're going to yep. move both those guys around. I'm giving them both an A. Uh, Matt Ryan, also an easy A. Cincy has allowed multiple touchdown passes in every game. Um, yeah, Matt Ryan looks great. He's an A in a shootout. And Tevin Coleman. With no Devonte Freeman, will handle the bulk of the carries again. Uh, since he's not great against the run as they have been in the past, and they're also ranked 23rd by Football Outsiders in covering running backs as receivers. They allowed 13 pass attempts, uh, pass attempts per game to the position this year. Uh, I'm a little worried about the game script going bad on Coleman for carries. That right. we think Cincinnati's going to put up a ton of points, and that they'll have to pass a lot. But Coleman is a capable receiver, and so he may be able to chip in there as well. We'll take. Uh, let's take a phone call. We haven't done that yet. And that was a B for Coleman, by the way. Thank you. Uh, ben. 
Thanks for your patience. Hey, guys. You pretty much uh, answered a lot of my questions because you guys are experts and fantastic. But, Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go with this one. I have um, definitely Ridley. I have Boyd. I also have Mike Williams. Um, you like A on uh, Ridley. What are you guys thinking, two out of those three? And what are your takes on them? And you get to ask two out of three because it's not lightning round, Ben. That's an important clarification for our listeners. Sorry, repeat it. Ridley, Mike Williams, and who? Uh, Boyd, which you've already said you've liked two of those. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking long-term. Like them all. Oh, so this is not this week. You mean uh, like if you got if you got to drop well, one of them? Because of the situation, I mean, let's do this week and long-term. Because I, th- I got to trade. I, I have no running backs week eight, and I'm going against, like, Mars rival week eight, so I have to start planning. <laughs> wow. He's looking ahead. <laughs> that, that's a rivalry when you are looking Seriously. a month ahead on the schedule because you want to go beat some doofus. Is it I literally circled on your calendar? That's all right. That's yeah, fantastic. I got, like Carson Wentz. I have Wentz sitting on my bench, and I'm trying to think of a long term trade to uh, figure out of uh, a way to get a running back. So. I think long term of those guys, I like Tyler Boyd the least, but if I. It's not by a ton, and I think that if you're really looking to get a running back for Week 8 specifically, just see see what's available to you with all three of those wide receivers and see what you can you can make a deal out of. Because somebody might give you a sweetheart deal on Calvin Ridley right now. Yeah, that, that huge that, see, game. that's the thing. You might want to sell high on Ridley. Yeah. If you're trying to turn a receiver into a running back, you usually have to give a little more because yep. there are fewer good receivers than there are good running backs. Yeah, Calvin yep. Ridley selling right now. It, I mean, it, it is the high point of his season. He's not going to have another 140-some yard game <laughs> three with three touchdowns. Game. So no. this is your point to sell Calvin Ridley if you're going to do it. Yeah. They do play the Saints again, so I wouldn't be so sure of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. There is that. Yeah, like Joe Mixon is a guy. I feel like you could get for Calvin Ridley right now. Something like that. But there's, wow, there's... that'd be a lot. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Appreciate yeah, the call. Good luck on week eight. Um, when we come back, three hot questions. Formerly known as five tough questions, but for time constraints, we're down to three hot questions. Brought to you by Devonis when we return. Fantasy Football Weekly, hour number two, coming up next. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the fan. <laughs> Number two, Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. This is a segment we like to call Three Hot Questions. Also later in the show, more matchups and premature speculation. One of our favorite uh, one of our favorite games to tell you to pick up this week that other people will be trying to get next week. Um, our Crush Charts Challenge winner from last week is Ryan Kelly. You too can play along. The Crush Charge Challenge by going to grainbelt.com. Ryan's going to join me at Manny's for the winner's banquet and his chance at the $2,000 grand prize. We encourage you to play now. Set a roster. The great thing is I never pick Thursday players, so I don't have a big lead on anybody because I picked Rams and Vikings. I didn't. I never play Thursday players for just this reason. I don't want people, I don't want my team to either do really badly or really well on Thursdays, and then people are all like, well, I can't win. Can we do a quick PSA? Yes regardless of seasonal play or daily, never put a Thursday player in your flex spot either. And really, you should always put your latest starting time in that spot. Even if it's Todd Gurley. Yeah, just you never know. He's, yeah, he, he could get scratched. You always want to leave that flexibility. That's why they call it the flex spot. Devani's hot question number one. Should we sabotage drop Amari Cooper? 
Brian. Is this a trick question? Because it's not much of a sabotage if you do. But the answer is yes. Uh, I already mentioned last 23 games, two times he has gone over five catches. In those games, he had 11 for 210 and two touchdowns. And then last week, 10 for 116 yards. That's like 60% of his career statistics right there in those two games. Not really, but really. But uh, no, he's too much of a roller coaster ride. You do not want him on your roster. He's a best ball player at best. I don't want the headache of trying to decide if I should start him or not. So, yes, drop him. Matt? This question was pretty hot. It was, uh, you know, Trinidad Scorpion hot, which Ooh, is 1.4 million Scoville units. Ooh, the fifth hottest that, pepper in the world. Okay, not uh, quite hot enough, Okay, Judge. we're not ghost pepper hot. No, no. Well, right. that's hotter than a ghost pepper. Oh, it is? Yeah, ghost oh. pepper is like 10th. Oh, that's it? Oh, yeah. See, ghost pepper is all about the name ghost pepper because it sounds like you're going to die and your ghost will have to be the one who finishes the pepper, but it's really not even that hot. Well, the hottest pepper in the world is the Carolina Reaper. Oh, jeez, that does sound awful. <laughs> um, I don't sabotage drop players that I know I can get something for in a trade. It's against my religion. Someone in your league saw Cooper's 10 catches for 110 yards against Denver in Week 2. Unfortunately, that's when you should have sold. But get something in return for Amari Cooper. Corey Davis in Tennessee, he's going to get a lot of targets. He's a guy that you could acquire for Amari Cooper. Larry Fitzgerald in Zona, Julian Edelman in New England. I'd try to get one of those guys first before I'd sabotage drop him. Here it comes. Oh, yeah, baby. We are dropping Amari Cooper. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the beauty of it. 28. You did 23 games. I expanded my range... The 28 games for Amari Cooper, eight quality starts in 28 games. That means 20 of them, you you were not quality starts. And by quality start, we just did 100 yards or a touchdown. And what's more, 30 scoreless yards or worse in 11 of his 28 games. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's, that's insanely bad production. Here's how you work the sabotage drop to for maximum effectiveness. You drop him Monday, regardless of what he does this weekend. You drop him on Monday, so somebody has to use high high bid dollars or their first overall priority. This is the sabotage part. Mm-hmm. You don't let somebody drop their crappiest guy to go get him. So don't drop Amari Cooper today. Drop him on Monday and let some other fool go pick him up. By the way, I, I, wanted, I thought this was the case, so I looked it up. For each of his quality starts. I like this term, by the way, and I want us to keep using the quality starts term. It is a good one. Yeah. 100 yards or a touchdown. Yep. The game that preceded each quality start, here's his average game. 39 yards, 0.1 touchdowns. For Amari Cooper, those are so, dumpster fire starts. Those are, those, I mean, those are. That's a, that's a disaster start right there. Yeah, and that's the game before he has the quality start, so he's never in your starting lineup at the right time. Correct, never. Of course, the, based on what he did last week, this week might be the the blow up game, and frankly, <laughs> I hope it is because he's even a better sabotage drop. I tried to hit the button. Oh, it was it was secretly still playing in the background, and just Tony had, had turned it down. All right. Let's go now. Devani's hot question number two. Sorry. Devani's hot I'm sabotage. A button bar, I'm a button bar novice. Devani's hot question number two. Are you buying low on Dion Lewis or are you just glad you didn't draft him?
Matt. This one's like the Naga Viper. It's only the sixth hottest pepper in the world. I love the names, though. <laughs> Viper. I'm in a situation where I'm stuck with Derrick Henry in two Empire Leagues, and I'm pleased that Henry's had 18 carries in the last two weeks, but he's basically done nothing with them. But the problem is, is Derrick Henry's getting 18 touches per week. That just eats into Deion Lewis, so the touch load won't be enough for Lewis to get a, for him to be a starting factor in your lineup for the remainder of the year, so... I think he's a bench guy, and I'm glad I didn't draft him. And frankly, I think this might be a good time to sell high. He's RB30 right now, which probably won't go up unless he's traded back to the Patriots. Brian. Yeah, not much to add. Worst offense in football by far. Uh, Corey Davis the only rosterable Titan in fantasy football, unless it's Mariota and a super flex. So, uh, so, so glad I don't have any beyond those. Have you two learned nothing from last week's show in which we unveiled carry on Johnson in this segment and said, go get him right now while he's pennies on the dollar guy. Okay. Go get Dion Lewis while he's pennies on the dollar guy. His his value right now is very likely at his year-long nadir right this minute. He gets both of his tackles back for the first time. Taylor Luan and uh, Jack Conklin finally back, and that has destroyed this offensive line without having two elite caliber first-round pick tackles. Marcus Mariota finally back. Blaine Gabbert goes back to the bench where he belongs. The whole offense is going to get better. Also, he's looked so much better than Derrick Henry. Despite the fact that it's been a 50-50 timeshare, sooner or later the coaching staff has to put the best guy on the field. That's Deion Lewis. Henry's averaging three yards per carry. Deion Lewis is far better. He's deserved more run, and he's ultimately going to get it. The, te- the Texan Titans excuse me, have faced three good defenses so far this year including Jacksonville last week and a tough matchup this week with Philly. And I think earlier, Brian, it was you that said, we got to keep Deion Lewis on the bench. That's right for this week. And that's part of how you're going to get Deion Lewis because you're going to sell Lewis on the owner that he's had this bad. He's had this bad start. Now he's got the Eagles. You can't, you're not going to start him this week, but get this. Of his next eight games before he faces the Jaguars in week 14, Seven of those eight are against teams in the bottom half of fantasy points allowed to running backs. It is a string of easy matchup after easy matchup after easy matchup until you get all the way to Week 14 Jacksonville. We are buying low on Deion Lewis. Devani's hot question number three. Are you buying low on Peyton Barber, or are you just glad you didn't draft him too? Brian? I wish I had Deion Lewis to trade you in some leagues. Uh, no. <laughs> I tried to trade for Deion Lewis in the Charts League. Owner would have none of it for reasons I don't understand. They could get like four tackles back. That offense is so inept. They're in deep trouble. Anyway, uh, Peyton Barber, no, I'm not buying on him either. Uh, Tampa Bay, dead last uh, in rushing offense by uh, football outsiders. He is the, the borderline bell cow for that team, but that defense is just so brutal for Tampa Bay that I don't think game script is ever going to favor Peyton Barber, and uh, they they got to see what Ronald Jones, too, has at some point, right? Uh, I see his carries increasing at some point this season. So I sell uh, I sell Barber on the bell cow notion that things are going to get better to owners in my league, but I don't think they get a whole lot better. So Matt? This one wasn't quite as hot as the other two. It's just a seven-pot Barack pour kind of a hot. A seven-pot Barack pour? Yeah, that's the eighth hottest pepper in the world. The seven-pot well, Barack How pour? can it not be the seventh hottest pepper? One million Scoville heating units right there. I wonder how they even measure a Scoville exactly. Do they just, like, feed the pepper to, like... You know, a thousand people, so they got a big sample size and they see how much, you know, how much and with to what degree they've got withering pain. It's got to be like acidity or something like that. I, that I don't they can know. Measure with instruments. 
God, I hope so. Science. Uh, the Bucks are tied for fourth fewest rushing attempts per game, averaging only 18 per game, and their running backs are only averaging three receptions per game. And that's because Fitzpatrick Airlines is just chucking the ball all over the place, over 400 yards per game. And it's possible that, A, the Tampa coaching staff knows that they're three losses away from being replaced, and, B, Ryan Fitzpatrick knows that he's three losses of ending his career. So they're going to just air everything out, throw caution to the wind. They don't need a running game. They're going to throw the ball all day long. I'm glad I didn't draft him. Have I mentioned Carry On Johnson to you guys at any point in time? And this segment last week, we just because you got we one buy, right doesn't mean you get all of them right. We, that's the definition of this segment, by the okay. way. Um, we buy low on players that we buy low. We buy we buy on pennies on the dollar. Uh, do I want the starting running back on the fourth highest scoring offense in the NFL at pennies on the dollar? Sure, I'll take that. I mean, all preseason, I advocated for Peyton Barber, and I told you then, he's not a special talent, but he'll have all the opportunities that you want. Tons of carries, goal line touches, he'll chip in a few receptions. Jaquise Rogers and Ronald Jones are not threats, and if you've seen Ronald Jones at all at any point in time, you would never even consider the notion that Ronald Jones is going to take this job from him, in my mind. To my eyes... Peyton Barber's run hard. It just hasn't worked well behind a Bucks offensive line that's better suited for pass blocking. But as defenses start defending Fitzpatrick and, and the passing game, I think the running game's going to open up here. And again, your pennies on the dollar because it's a brutal matchup with Chicago. You can't play him this week. So you talk to that owner, and you're like, this is somebody who took Peyton Barber in the sixth round. You're going to give an 11th or 12th round player for that guy. And you've got a flex, you've got a flex player that you can put into the coming bye weeks knowing if there's a rushing touchdown to be had, if there's a 70 yard rushing game to be had for out of that offense, the fourth highest scoring offense, you've got it. I'd be interested to see the names that you would trade for Peyton Barber right now. Yeah, I think you can name your price. Yeah, on Peyton Barber to right Evans now. and Godwin. That's all <laughs> Let's it's go back easier. to our matchups. San Francisco taking on the L.A. Chargers. Uh, hey, that's me. Hold on. i got to get my sheet on the right page. Do it. I, I think I should do it. Otherwise, I'd have to do it from memory, and you don't want that. Do you know the red Savina habanero is the 10th hottest pepper in the world? <laughs> I did not, but thank you for filling a moment. Yep. I appreciate that. Uh, let's start on the San Francisco side. Uh, Alfred Morris was my take-a-chance-on-me player, but we don't know for sure that he's going to go. Uh, although I th- feel better about him going because Matt Breida got the the late-week uh, downgrade to questionable. Um Brita leads the NFL in rushing yards per game, and the Chargers are far worse against the run than they are against the pass. Shanahan probably wants to keep the ball away from C.J. Beathard as much as possible. In his five starts last season, Beathard targeted running backs on more than one-third of his pass attempts, so these running backs ought to be able to catch some passes too. Chargers have allowed a running back touchdown in uh, all three games this season. They're ranked 24th against the run, so unfortunately, you got to set your lineup with the early games, for most of us, you're not going to know, but if Breida goes, we'll give him a C, and if he doesn't go, then I'm giving Morris a B. If it's just Morris, but if neither goes, obviously you won't start either one. Passing games entirely on the bench, including Marquise Goodwin. Uh, in Beathard's five starts last season, he threw less than one touchdown pass per game and is frankly a better runner than he is a passer. Let's go to the L.A. side. Melvin Gordon's an obvious A. Let's turn our attention to the, well, before I turn our attention to the passing game, let's let's mention Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, his backup, is averaging eight yards per carry. And it's not like on two and three carries a game. He's like eight to ten carries a game, and he's averaging eight yards per carry. 
And oh, by the way, he's involved in the passing game quite a bit too. He, well, yes, he is. As a matter of fact, he's um, he's caught uh, he's caught twenty nine of his thirty targets in three games. Thirty targets for Austin Eckler. Expect him to find success in this area against the 49ers defense. It's already allowed 26 pass completions to running backs in you three games. You can start both Gordon and, and Eckler. Eckler at the same time. I have an A grade on Austin Eckler wow. in this game. That's a little bold. All right, maybe B is a little more plausible, but I love both of them in this game. A grade for Phillip Rivers as well, because he's going to throw two touchdowns through the air to Austin Eckler, apparently. Uh, enjoying the best pocket protect pocket protection he's ever had, maybe in his whole career. He's getting sacked just once per game. Normally, we're talking about how bad his offensive line is. Not this year, which is great. Multiple touchdowns in every game, probably because of that pocket safety and just one interception down the season. Forty nine ers secondary needs to overcome the loss of Richard Sherman, who's not going to play, and both safeties may not play in this game as well. Jaquaski Tart, Jaquiski Tart, <laughs> Tart, Tart. That's and quite possibly name. the other starting safety, Adrian Colbert, both out for this game. Uh, Keenan Allen is a game-time decision, but believe he's going to play. He's had virtually no practice this week. Uh, it's, it's the only knock in an otherwise fantastic matchup, as you can imagine. 49ers bottom 10 at defending wide receivers in yards and touchdowns allowed. Uh, Mike Williams, B grade here. He actually has a, a pretty fascinating matchup with one of the most, the biggest and most physical cornerbacks in the league, a guy named Arkello Witherspoon. Who's six foot one, which you never see on a cornerback. And Mike Williams usually wins on size, but this is the rare size versus size matchup for him. I've got a B grade on him, and the tight ends are on the bench. Mike Williams will be a top 15 wide receiver next year. Uh, quite he possibly. Knows. He will. Yeah, quite possibly. A first he round talent. It's all, real... it's all coming together right now for Mike Williams. Uh, Tyrell Williams, you could throw a dart on him, but Mike Williams seems to have really phased him out of this offense. When we come back, more matchups, including. Seattle taking on Arizona. Chris Carson showing signs of life. Doug Baldwin returns. Can you start to trust the Seattle offense? We'll tell you when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Final segment is next segment, and in that one, we'll do premature speculation, a couple of matchups, and take phone calls. I'm confident that we'll actually get to the phone calls this week, unlike last week. Let's uh, let's jam through some more matchups, including Seattle taking on Arizona. Matt, signs of life for the Seattle offense last week, and they get Doug Baldwin back. What do you think? Yeah, Chris Carson, he's uh, the first guy up for bid. He gets an A grade. The Cardinals have faced the most rushing attempts in the league this year. Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson absolutely killed them in Week 1. The Mm -hmm. Bears had 149 total yards against them in Week 3. Todd Gurley had three touchdowns in Week 2. And Chris Carson had 34 carries this last week. Sounds like he's a bell cow. Oh, do you think so? I think it's 34 carries. That sounds a lot like some mooing going on in Seattle. Maybe. Uh, Russell Wilson, I'm giving a B grade to. The Cards are allowing 276 passing yards per game and have allowed 12 receptions of 20 yards or more this season. That's eighth worst in the league. Problem is, is I don't know how this passing game is going to work out with Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett. Pete Carroll indicated that uh, Doug Baldwin would be good to go for Sunday. Yeah. So but how th- much does he play on, on, how, on two bad knees? A, I don't know. How much does he play? 
does he play in the slot where Lockett has shifted to and had right. a lot of success recently Great point. since Baldwin's been out? Great point. And so how does how does that hash out for both of those guys? So I'm giving them both a C this week. If Lockett gets pushed to the outside, he probably faces Patrick Peterson. But even if he's in the slot, he's facing Buda Baker, who's been surprisingly good this year as the slot corner for the Cardinals. Uh, worth noting, Jerron Ger- Brown revenge game. <laughs> God. <laughs> he did score a touchdown last week, but he's on yeah. the bench. And Will Disley and Nick Vanette. I know a lot of people were interested in uh, Disley after a couple good games to start the air. They're both on the bench. Vanette is more of the pass catcher, and it's now starting to take hold. Vanette ran more routes than Disley last week, 16-14. to 14. They're both just kind of crappy players anyway. Uh, over on the Cardinals side, uh, David Johnson is the only guy who's getting a starting grade, and it's a C grade. Uh, the Seahawks allowed big days to Denver running backs in Week 1 and Ezekiel Elliott last week. They're allowing 140 total yards per game to opposing backs. With a rookie in Josh Rosen starting his first game, you have to imagine mm. that they'll try to attack Seattle's weakness and take pressure off Rosen with David Johnson. But he's going to see loaded defensive fronts throughout the whole game, and he's only had touch, t- touch counts of 14, 14, and 16 in the first three games. That's not good, so that's why David Johnson only gets a C. Because that Seattle offense has kind of come to life. They're good. They're they're good again, a little bit. A little bit. They're functional. They're functional. They're, How about that? Okay. Uh, speaking of Rosen, he's starting this week. The Arizona coaching staff looks utterly confused how to run an offense, as evidenced by throwing Rosen to the Bears' defense on what could have been a fourth-quarter game-winning drive last week. Bradford wasn't hurt besides his pride. It was a weird way to put mm. Rosen into his first action. The Seattle pass rush has fared well against Trubisky and Prescott in the last two weeks. Seven sacks, 12 hits, holding both quarterbacks to 200 or fewer yards. And Larry Fitzgerald and the rest of the passing game on the bench. Fitz yeah. has been hampered by a hamstring injury. And he's still not right with it. I think he came back a week too early. He also hasn't scored against Seattle since 2015. So wow. That's not a good well, thing. Well, that doesn't mean anything. The whole defense is different now. But well, that's, if there's hardly a player. That's I'm three years. I understand. But there's hardly a player even on Seattle. Is there even one player that was on Seattle in 2015 that's defense oh, that's on him now? All right, you got me on that. You got one. I'll give you one out of 11, guys. There we go. Let's move on. It's Cleveland taking on Oakland. Brian, you already mentioned Baker Mayfield. You take a chance on me. Quarterbacks, you must like his receivers. Oh, yeah. I love Jarvis Juice Landry. He gets an A. Uh, Baker targeted Juice nine times after Tarud went down last nine week. Nine times? Nine times. And that's about half a game. Times. So do the math. 18 mm. targets. Lock it down. Probably not, but it's going to be double digits for sure. <laughs> Oakland has allowed the third most yards to wide receivers, 287 to the Dolphins wideouts last week. For that reason, I'm giving Antonio Callaway a C. Uh, he saw 10 targets last week between uh, Tyrod and Baker. Uh, should have had a long touchdown, had not Taylor underthrown him very poorly. And uh, Football Outsiders ranks Oakland as the second-worst pass defense overall and the eighth-worst at defending number two wide receivers. And uh, I'm also going to give David Njoku a C, just because we mentioned, you know, Jordan Reed's on by, yeah. Ingram's hurt, Jack no, Boyle's he's hurt. No, got, he's got a ton of upside with Baker Mayfield there. Yeah, and uh, Oakland looks to be tough against tight ends on paper, but they face the Rams, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. Not much to write home about with the tight ends there. And then uh, Carlos Hyde, I'm going to give a B. Uh, Oakland was allowing 5.7 yards per carry before stuffing Miami's run game last week. But that's not much of an accomplishment these days. And uh, Hyde noticeably, noticeably outcarried Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson in his mega birthday game last week. Chubb and Duke combined for only four more carries than the baby that Carlos Hyde had that day. Mm, I like it. Zero. The baby. The baby. Uh, look at the baby. Carlos uh, Hyde Jr. 
Carlos. Maybe. Let's right. go to the Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. And let's talk about their most dangerous weapon, Jared Cook. <laughs> yes. Leads the team in targets and receptions. Yes. Second most catches inside the 10-yard line. No touchdowns to show from the show for it yet. Uh, I'm going to give him the B. Uh, tight end's kind of been the soft spot in Cleveland's defense the last couple of years, and that remains mm-hmm. the case this year. Amari Cooper, you're going to love this charge. I got a C and like eight minuses here. My finger hurt all right. from all the minuses. So many minuses. Crack your keyboard. The minus <laughs> yep. key. Uh, lots of things are legit in Cleveland these days, and uh, their secondary is one. Uh, fourth overall pick, Denzel Ward, looks he like looks a star great. already. Yeah. Yeah. And to give you an idea of how good they can be, uh, against the Bucks and the Falcons, Michael Thomas averaged 12 yards per catch on 26 catches. Against the Browns, he did catch 12 balls, but averaged seven and a half yards About half. They're all over him. Yeah. He did score two touchdowns, Michael Thomas against the Browns, but the Browns only had one other wide receiver touchdown this year. That was to Antonio Brown. Mm. Sorry, Raiders fans. Amari Cooper is nowhere near no. Michael Thomas. So or- why are we? Why even a C minus minus minus? <sighs> I just feel like you have to. Why? Oh, you're right. Why do I have to? Yeah, you don't. Sam, we just outlined. You're, you're, you're going to drop, so. yeah. drop them out right I'm, on Monday. Right. So I'm dropping them now. All right, thanks. <laughs> don't drop them now. No, don't yeah. drop them now. Because then I. Here's why you don't. What if you just have a good game? If you drop if you drop Amari Cooper now, I get to shed the worst guy off my roster to go get Amari Cooper. That's not how the sabotage drop works. You want to make somebody go pay a lot for him. So you drop him on Monday. Waivers run, and that means somebody has to bid a bunch of their fab money I was on, or they have to give their first they have to give up their first waiver priority to go get him. That's the sabotage part of the drop. I'm going under the notion that if you drop him today, he's not immediately available to be picked up. Usually he goes on waivers of some kind. But yeah. mostly. Well, but anyway. if that's the case, then you can then you could drop now. But I don't want anybody to just, you know, I don't want you to shed some crap player to go get him. I want you to have to pay to go get this name player who stinks. But Cooper is a crap player. But whatever. <laughs> so is Jordy oh, Nelson. Are you done? Yeah. Can we move on? I, I was no, you haven't even done Marshawn Lynch yet. You haven't <laughs> done the running game. Well, he's on the bench <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns run defense. Number one against the run last year. I got Lynch uh. firmly on the bench in this game. Uh, Jalen Richard is my take a chance on me uh, running back. He will have a better game than Lynch in this because uh, pass catching backs are the ones you want to target against this Browns defense. And Derek Carr, at this point, if you mistake him for David Carr, you're actually complimenting Derek Carr. He is on the bench. Um, there's, uh, you know, the thing about Lynch, who has scored a touchdown in every, thing about, every yeah, game, you love him, is, yeah. you know, you guys are just, you're still of the mindset that you want you want no part of what he's done. Browns have given up, I'm, I'm here for a touchdown for Marshawn Lynch. Browns have given up four rushing touchdowns in three weeks. I, You know, Isaiah Crowell scored twice. Last week, I think I think there's a I think there's at least a coin flips chance Marshawn Lynch finds the end zone in this game. You're just salivating for that 3.4 yards per carry. Okay. It's look, it's a bad offense. We knew it'd be a bad offense, but Lynch is the best thing in a bad offense. Let's move on. Miami taking on New England. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was may take a chance on me quarterback. Two, two, and three touchdown passes. That means I like Kenny Stills. Well, the two, two, and three. I mean, week one, week two, sure, three. Got yeah. it. Okay. Kenny Stills uh, gets to face a reeling Patriots secondary. Be sure to check the status of Patrick Chung and Eric Rowe, who missed last week's game and are questionable for this one. If they're out, Kenny Stills is an A-grade start. Three touchdowns in three weeks. New England has allowed the third most receiving yards and third most receptions to wide receivers so far this year. Uh, So we like Kenny Stills a lot. Danny Amendola, sneaky start this week. Revenge game. It is a revenge game. (laughs) He's on the field for 73% of the Dolphins' plays, which is double all the other receivers other than Kenny Stills. So the Jakeem Grants of the world and the Albert Wilsons of the world barely seeing the field. Danny Amendola's on the field a lot. Now he runs from the slot. 
That gives him a very favorable matchup against Jonathan Jones. In three games, two slot receivers have already scored against the Patriots, and they were D.D. Westbrook and Bruce Ellington. If D.D. Westbrook and Bruce Ellington can get it done, so can Danny Amendola in a revenge game. Let's go to the running game. Kenyon Drake gets a B. New England, horrific against the run. They're 30th in rushing yards per game, 25th in yards per rush. Uh, Lamar Miller and Kerryon Johnson have already torched the Patriots for 100 or more yards, total yards in their games. Drake's best game in his career came last year in New England when he ran for 114 yards and he chipped another 80 yards through the air. So history says this is a good matchup as well. So, Kenyon Drake, B-grade. Frank Gore startable for the same reason. He's only got six fewer carries than Kenyon Drake. Here's what backup runners have posted against the Patriots in each of the three games this year. 36 yards in Week 1, 70 yards in Week 2, 65 yards in Week 3. All right, I'll take 65-70 yards from Frank Gore. That gives him a C-grade in this game. Let's go to the New England side. Tom Brady slumping down to a B-start here. It's a mixed bag of metrics for Brady in this game. Bad parts? Last two weeks, just 367 combined yards against the Jaguars and the Lions. That's his lowest two-game total in three seasons for Tom Brady. Miami's only given up two passing touchdowns all year. But, and here's where it gets better for him, they faced Blaine Gabbert, Sam Darnold, and Derek Carr. They mostly don't even count. Donald and Carr both put up 330 yards against the Dolphins. And that's part of why the Dolphins rank 25th against the pass. Miami may not have edge rusher Cameron Wake in this game. So Brady is, let's call it a B-plus start. I can't because I don't allow that. It's a B-start for Tom Brady. Uh, A-grade for Rob Gronkowski. I know he's been disappointing, and actually he's he's a little uh, dinged up for this game. But he scored twice in his one game against Miami last year. He has scored in 7 of 11 lifetime games against the Dolphins. And... Strong safety Rashad Jones for the Dolphins, who would frequently guard Gronk, is not expected to play with a shoulder injury. So Gronk is an A grade as well. And sticking with the passing game, Chris Hogan, C start. It is a revenge game for Chris Hogan. It's been a while, but it is a revenge game. He had seven catches all year. And most people uh, didn't start him against Jacksonville when he scored twice. He's been very frustrating. Josh Gordon's gimpy, and that might mean that with Josh Gordon not 100% health, Xavier Howard, who's a cornerback we got to start talking about more often, emerging shutdown cornerback. May I dub him the Zave Cave? Is he? I don't want to be in a cave, right? I mean, so is Hogan going in the cave? Yeah, you're, no one wants to be in a cave. Is he dark? It's dark in there. And scary. It's scary and dark in it the could, cave. It could be confused with Xavier Rhodes as well, and that that's not good. Zave Cave? Yeah, maybe we maybe we need something. On, I'm okay on Zave Cave. I think we could do better. If listeners have ideas, you can uh, you can tweet me at Paul Charchian. He'll spend. Uh, I'm worried he's going to spend a lot of time time on Hogan. But if Howard's not on him, he's got a great matchup against Tory McTire. So uh, Hogan gets a C grade here. Let's go. And Josh Gordon, I'm not starting. I swear you make up like four defensive back names every. I know week. it feels like it, doesn't uh, it? Tory McTire is just asking for the flat to be thrown. Yeah, yeah isn't he? <laughs> he really is. Um, for Josh Gordon, I, he'll think he'll certainly be active because they need him, but his snap count, it's just, it's anybody's guess, and it can be very small here. The matchup's not good. Dolphins have given up just one touchdown to wide receivers. I, I, I'd really like to take a rest on Josh Gordon this week. Let's keep him on the bench, and let's watch and see how this thing plays itself out. Let's go to the running game. Rex Burke had one on IR this week. Sony Michelle's looked brutal so far, but he'll get plenty of work like he did last week. Uh, 
Both Deion Lewis and Marshawn Lynch went for 80-plus yards and a touchdown against the Dolphins, but they're allowing the second-fewest yards per carry, just 3.3. And here comes Sonia Michelle, 3.5 yards per carry. It's just a C-start for Michelle, and it's all volume. It's based on nothing. that He's he's not startable based on talent that he's shown, but, God, he was so electric in, at Georgia. I want to think he's gonna he's going to have a good game, but you can't count on it. Just a C-grade. James White gets a B-grade. He's the team's pass, best pass-catching back. This matchup looks favorable through the air. Miami's allowed the eighth-most running back receptions, the sixth-most running back receiving yards. In every game, an opposing runner's caught at least five passes. James White will have a big role in this game. He gets a B-grade. Whew, that was a freaking marathon to get through that one. But we're trying to clear out some matchups so we can get to premature speculation and lightning round next segment. Stay tuned. Final segment, Video Games Weekly, coming up next. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the fan. show final segment of fantasy football weekly although if we want to break down madden we could do that too it's kind of a fantasy we have got an absolutely epic game coming on monday night kansas city at denver no games will be determined by sunday nope everybody's got a player from one of these two offenses and they're going off is there anybody that we don't start here matt uh, easy A grade for Mahomes. Easy A grade for Tyreek Hill, who scored 17 of his 24 career touchdowns on the road. Mm-hmm. Easy A for Travis Kelsey. He's topped 100 yards in three straight versus Denver. B grade for Sammy Watkins. He'll avoid Chris Harris, who mans the slot. So he will either get injured cornerback Tremaine Brock or Adam Jones or Bradley Roby, who's been awful to start the year. And Amari Cooper, of all people, yeah. toasted this secondary for 10 catches and 116 yards. So Sammy Watkins is a B. Kareem Hunt's a B. He got two goal line scores last week that really have helped his fantasy points because he's been pretty disappointing this season with only 57 yards per game on the season, and he's not in the passing game At anymore. all. It's baffling. He's probably one of the five best pass-catching runners in the NFL. They don't use him at all. Still, as you said earlier, he's the top running back on, on the highest-scoring the team, highest in, the scoring team in the league. So yes. he's worth a B grade just about every week. Let's flip over to the Denver side. Case Keenum was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Emmanuel Sanders is getting an easy A in this game. At least 96 yards are a score in every game so far this season as he's been playing the slot. Juju and Keenan Allen just torched the Chiefs from the slot in the first three weeks. Demarius Thomas is getting an A. Thomas still leads the team in targets. He had 63 yards last week. Lost a 39-yard catch to a holding penalty. Mm. Uh, that would have taken him over uh, 100 yards last week. So, And Kansas City's allowed a league-high 17 catches of 20 yards or more this season. Great time to trade for Demarius Thomas. I think his owners I, are frustrated. I bet. And this is a, it's a great matchup. It, it might be a great time to trade for him and next week sell him again. <laughs> You might want to, yes. Uh, Jeff Hoyerman is the new tight end, but he's on your bench. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I'm giving an A grade to yeah, as well. Baby. When mm-hmm. Lindsay got ejected in the second quarter last week, Royce Freeman saw only one target in the passing game. Yep. And outtouched Devontae Booker only 14 to 10 from that point on. Still, Kansas City's allowed 5.2 yards per catch to opposing backs this year. That makes Freeman a viable C start in this game. What? Yeah. How about A grade? He's my number 10 running Freeman. back this week. Freeman. Oh, sorry. The sorry. I heard Lindsay. Sorry. Lindsay gets the A start. Thank charge. you. Now you're talking my language. The, the Chiefs have allowed 189 receiving yards to Chargers backs in week one. That's Philip Lindsay right there. 
at least 70 yards receiving to opposing backs in every other game, and Devontae Booker is not going to take Lindsey's targets. That's Lindsey's role. Uh, speaking of Lindsey, uh, inexpensive in fanball yeah. right now, and I'll remind people, $30,000 free-to-play contest at fanball.com. When you start your journey at fanball.com slash radio, this is a pay contest, but you get in free when you go to fanball.com slash radio. This thing will fill... You will not be able to do this Sunday morning, 10 minutes before kickoff. Go set your lineup now and put Philip Lindsay in. As a matter of fact, there are 701 spots remaining. Out of 7,000. There's 7, only 7, 700. 10% spots open. Right. So go, go now. In. It's $30,000 is the prize pool. We've already had uh, we had a guy from Maple Grove win a couple weeks ago. It's a great opportunity to play fanball for free. So you got to stop turning your mic off. Guys. I don't know what you're... What, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm coughing. But no, yeah. we comped the first entry, but you can enter 10 Ten times. You can so up to 10 enter times if you want to. nine more times on your own, please. Nine times? You're going out of your way to make nine me hit the button times. now. Uh, let's hit premature nine. speculation. These are players you want to pick up off the waiver wire this week that we think will be hot pickups next week, and you'll be one week ahead. Brian, who do you have? Uh, I swear I had this guy pegged, or I had him written down before Richard Matthews skipped town, but I have a uh, Taiwan Taylor wide receiver for the Titans. I did call them the worst offense in the NFL, but uh, I still want the, the starting wide receiver on the worst offense in the NFL. You I haven't guess. seen Dallas play. Yeah, I have. That's pretty bad, too. But anyway, Taylor's snaps have gone up. Uh, snap count 13%, 41%, 52%. And that's with Matthews already being out. He's gone now, so that's only going to continue to go up, and he can make plays uh, out of nothing. So, Taiwan Taylor. All right. I've got Josh Doxson, who's on bye this week, so he won't accrue stats or get hurt, and you can pick him up as late as Monday night if you want to. The Washington wide receivers have been a bit of a mess, but Doxson is second on the team in targets with 13 so far this season, trailing Paul Richardson by one. Gross. Next week he faces off against the Saints, who've been incredibly bad so far this season against second wide receivers. Mm. Deshaun Jackson had 146-2 and two in Week 1. Antonio Callaway had 81-1 and one in Week 2. You're already breaking down the Week 2 matchup. Calvin week five Ridley matchup. had 146-3 in Week 3. Josh Doxson. Oh, by the way, Des Bryant just tweeted. Somebody asked him, when are you signing? He says, soon. So maybe so that that's might be your premature bonus. speculation premature right there. Speculation. Yeah, that might be it. Maybe Des Bryant signing soon with somebody. Or maybe he's By just the way, blowing smoke up everybody's butt. Vikings are not out of consideration with the trouble they're having at third receiver. We'll see. Uh, Christian Kirk is only owned in 11% of leagues. He is the rookie wide receiver for Arizona. Speaking of worst offenses in the NFL. But maybe he gets better. Josh Rosen is now at the helm. And he targeted him on almost half his passes in last week's games in release. He targeted Christian Kirk. And remember, Kirk and Rosen got a lot of reps together in the preseason playing for the second team, and they were roommates all offseason. They roomed together. So they've got a lot. They've, they have done a lot. They've thrown a lot of balls. They've got a lot of balls together. Hmm. A lot of chemistry here, potentially. He's startable this week, potentially, with Fitz Hurt. And has an awesome matchup with Seattle's Trey Flowers, a converted safety who's trying to attempt to be a, a cornerback. Christian Kirk caught seven of eight passes last week. I've got a C grade on him this week. And he is going to be a guy you're going to want on your roster. If he becomes a captain, will he be Captain Kirk? Oh, I like it. Mm. Uh, we have one final matchup to get to before lightning round. New Orleans takes on the Giants, Brian. We just talked about the shootout between Kansas City and Denver. we got another one coming. New Orleans and the Giants feels like a point orgy. Yeah, speaking of guys you want on your roster, there are a lot of them here. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. We're going to give them the triple fantasy Fonzie. A. That's easy. Mm. Ted Ginn gets a B. Uh, secondary speed receivers have had uh, success 
against the Giants going to last year. Uh, this year, uh, D.D. Westbrook, Tavon Austin, Will Fuller, all good games. I like Ginn in this one. Maybe a quick Peacock for my take on scoring a touchdown last week. Why not? Heck yeah. Oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Fast forward it. That's no Peacock. <laughs> Uh, Cameron Meredith is active. Was active last choking on a marble. <laughs> and uh, Traquan Smith on the bench. They could do something in this shootout, but uh, no. And then Ben Watson was my take on receiver. Uh, like him against the Giants, who've always struggled against tight ends uh, in recent history. Over the to the G men, Saquon Barkley. All right, I'm, uh, you might yell at me for this. I'm giving him an A in PPR, but a B in standard. I'm a little worried. I'm okay with that. Uh, the Saints, as bad as their defense. Has been their, the rush defense is ranked first by Football Outsiders. Uh, lead backs against the Saints. Uh, Peyton Barber, 19 carries for 69 yards. Carlos Hyde, 16 for 43. Tevin Coleman, 15 for 33 on the ground. So they are tough against the run. I keep waiting for him to have an easier matchup on the run, and it never happens. Nope. He's uh, making everything, every yard he gets, Saquon Barkley's got to do on his own. Okay, well, you know who has an easy matchup? Do tell. Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints are on pace to allow. 48 wide receiver touchdowns this year. (laughs) Last year, Green Bay allowed the most wide receiver touchdowns with Mm -hmm. 21. Wow. Saints are on pace for 48. They just put cornerback Patrick Robinson on IR. Things are getting worse for that secondary. OBJ going to go off in this one. Patrick Robinson's spot, the slot. Here comes Sterling Shepard. I love him this week. Yep. A grade for Shep. Mm -hmm. He is a bad man, by the way. He had a crackback block on Jadavian Clowney that... Pretty much saved Saquon Barkley's life last week. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, I love, love me some Shepard. And of the nine wide receiver touchdowns surrendered by the Saints so far, mm-hmm. only one has gone to a number one receiver, and that was Mike Evans. Wow. So eight of nine have gone to secondary options. Shepard's in a great spot, and Eli gets a pretty easy B in this one. Hey, fire up that Peacock again. 297-2 and two is my take on last week. Mm-hmm. Definitely in top 12 uh, territory here against the Saints, who have allowed 10 passing touchdowns to just one interception. Awful. By the way, I forgot to mention this. Upper Iowa University's team name is the Peacocks. And you gotta think Upper Iowa? Upper Iowa University. You gotta think that Fantasy Football Weekly is heard in some parts of Upper Iowa. I would like to think so. We need some somebody, some one of the Upper Iowa alums to send us some Peacock. Our Rochester station on the fan radio network carries the show. Maybe that's broadcasting to wherever Upper Iowa College is. I love it. Somebody somebody from Upper Iowa needs to send us swag. Shirts, peacock shirts. Yeah. That's what I want. Tweet at Paul Charchi and that would be great. Tony. Hello. It is time for Hi. lightning round. You guys know the rules for lightning round. It goes like this. One question between two players. That's it. That's all we want from you. Any deviation from that will result in you being dumped, and we move on to the next caller. You will ask your question on the air. You will listen to the answer off the air. You'll be banished. Mike, hello. Hi. Uh, actually, I have a trade question. Great. I love it. Okay. Is Fitz Magic worth a top five wide receiver? No. <laughs> no. Quarterback is a replaceable position. Oh, oh my gosh. Brian's and, eyes are as big as yeah, saucers that is, right that now. Is, no. So no is the answer to that. He could <laughs> lose his job in a week or two. Ryan, you are next. Ah, uh, yeah. I got a question. Uh, Eckhart or Taylor Gabriel? Is that Eckler? Eckler? Austin Eckler? We don't know. I'm going to say, I, I, don't, I don't know if an case. Eckhart... It's not Aaron Eckhart from the Batman, <laughs> the Batman movies. movies. Yeah, yeah, it's not Two-Face. <laughs> Go with uh, the guy that starts with Eck. I'm going to hope it's Eckler. Okay, Nate, you're up. 
Hey guys, uh, Philip Lindsay or Aaron Jones? That's uh, not close. Yeah, it's Philip Lindsay Damn. by a mile. We got A grade to Philip Lindsay. I got a bench grade on Aaron Jones. Yeah, not close. James, you're next. James? Hell, James. All right, we're you're moving on. Me, James. You, are kill- you are killing me right now. John, you are next. I've got a PPR question. Kenny Galladay or Kenny Stills? Uh, Kenny Stills, for sure. Who has, Your favorite yeah, Kenny. Yeah, my, my preferred Kenny is uh, is Stills in a far easier matchup. Mike, you are next on the fan. A tight end, Andrews or Griffin? I like it. That's dirty. Mark Andrews is a much better matchup. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like Mark Andrews as a, a dart throw. 3,100 on Fanball, by the way. A nice punt play. Jeremy, you are next on the fan. Hey, wide receiver question. I have Hill or Ridley. All right. It's Hill. We're yeah, not, we're not right. thinking every, about that. Every, every week, yeah. just start Hill. Ryan, you are next. Ryan. Okay, moving on. I don't know how you... These people just called like 60 seconds ago. We go through these so fast. They don't and then know that you're going to be this quick. I guess. Kyle, welcome to the uh, fan. Is, is it Car- uh, Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan? Uh, Matt Ryan has got a delicious matchup, and I... He's my number four quarterback this you week. You want to be in that point orgy. You do. Dave. <laughs> There's a lot of orgies this week. Dave, you're next. or James White? Is it PPR? Uh, no. Collins. Okay. Taco, regular caller. You're next. Hey, guys. Non-PPR. Uh, Stills or Shepard? Who? Non-PPR. Non-PPR. Was the first one Stills or Shepard? See, then I would I might go Stills because you want the touchdowns. Shepard's I think a lock for a bunch of uh, catches. Yeah, you not hear that the Saints have allowed nine wide receivers. I know, <laughs> I know, and they're they're slot cornerbacks out. I love Shepard this week. Yeah, did we just say you want to be in the point orgy? Well, that's, it might be Shepard. Well, I'm going to go Shepard. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve, you're next. Ridley or Fuller, standard. Ridley or Fuller. I I don't know how you argue with what Will Fuller's giving you every week. Um. Don't chase the numbers from last week on Ridley. Yeah, I'm going mean, to go, go Fuller. It's, it's still a good game. Uh, 53 but... point over under. That's orgies. <laughs> <laughs> orgies for days. Billy, you're next. Marvin Jones or John Brown, PPR. Ooh. Uh, Brown. Yeah, I give a B grade to the, Brown. The Cowboys like are only in. allowing like 24 pass attempts per game or something like that. And uh, Pittsburgh probably double. <laughs> Scott, you're on the fan. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have Breeze and uh, Mahomes on my team. Do I try to trade one of them? Um, yes. Yes. Matchup and have a thirty-point player on my bench. You're, uh, you're trading one. Here's the thing: is you're trading a thirty. It's a thirty. You're, you're leaving twenty-five points on the bench. You got a thirty-point starter, and you're leaving twenty-five on the bench. Yeah, you need to move one of those two. I trade Breeze, and then next year you move your league um, to superflex format. <laughs> There's there is a very real chance Patrick Mahomes has a 50 touchdown passing season. It's not it's it's not implausible. He's a quarter of the way there. He is. Scott, you're next. That was me. Oh, that was you. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Justin, you are on the fan. Uh, yeah, old versus new. Marshawn Lynch or Sony Michelle. Marshawn Lynch, let's get that touchdown. I, I don't trust. I don't trust Sony Michelle. Our guy at the RB Scout, yeah, said Michelle's gonna be a top ten option. 
this week. What? Yes. Yeah. What is he watching? Did you look at Sony? He watches Michelle? film. Yeah. I don't and know. Listen, Adam Spinks, man. I he was knows? the guy. I was banging there for Sony Michelle all preseason because I loved what he did as a rookie. But then you watch. I watched every one of his carries, and they couldn't be more mundane. Passing, dropping past balls. It's just ugh. <laughs> ben, hello. Wednesday Wilson standard. I mean, forget who's I think um, I'll I'll take Wilson. <laughs> All right. I'm still laughing at that's a close one. But. Orgies for days. <laughs> Brian, you're next. Uh, PPR: Allen Robinson or Sterling Shepard. All right. Uh, I get Sterling Shepard in that one. Mm-hmm. We love we love Shepard this week. Hi, Brian. Start that again. Yeah. Do I take a chance on Fitzmagic one more week or pick up Andy Dalton? Why is Andy Dalton available in your league? He's been available in a lot of leagues. That's nuts. I've told people to pick up Andy Dalton like 50 times. Everybody should pick up Andy Dalton. How about all preseason? And and by the way, Andy Dalton's our number five quarterback this week. Yeah. All preseason, we talked about what there would be two really improved offenses, and Cincinnati was going to be one of them. And what a great matchup. How about this? this? If you had to, you drop. Ryan Fitzpatrick to pick up Dalton yeah, right now, and to. it's a sabotage drop too. Because somebody's gonna spend some dough on him. Off the top of my head, I'd play Dalton over Watson, Rogers this week. Oh, he's uh, my number five quarterback. Yeah, I'm no, starting almost over almost everybody. Go to the wire now, Justin. You're post haste. Yeah, it's a uh, a flex spot, Carson or uh, Boyd. Chris Carson, I take. Is it PPR PPR Boyd? If not Carson, okay. Uh Dan. Welcome to the show. Morning. PPR Flex, Collins or Fuller? Uh, Alex go Collins. Fuller in PPR. I do like Alex Collins. Be right. PPR is yep. the difference here. I like Alex Collins this week a lot. Best game of the season potentially coming. Mark, you're next. Hey, uh, PPR, uh, Stills or Lockett? Uh, let's take Stills. Things are a little weird with Lockett that Matt elucidated earlier, and I think he was right on that. Palmer, you are next. Uh uh, standard league, Carson or McCoy? I uh, gotta go Carson. You know, yeah. Carson. yeah no way, no part of that Bills uh, running game. It is a good matchup, though, kind of on paper. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. Packers, yeah, you're right. You're right. I but shouldn't be so dismissive of I, I gave Carson a better grade than McCoy. I had both those matchups. Yeah. I do Carson. Tom, you're our last caller today. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Love your show. Thank Love you. Love the term sabotage drop. Awesome. Uh, here's my question. It's come to this. Alex Collins or David Johnson? Thank you. It's Alex Collins. Yeah, it is. It's Alex Collins. Is. I got DJ and PPR though. I got to just if it's standard, I agree Collins. But yeah, I, I I'd agree with that too. If you're just if you if receptions are going to factor in I'd a big still way, do Collins. yeah, I like Collins <laughs> a lot this week. They're going to load the box uh, again. Final reminder: fanball.com/slash/radio gets you a free entry into our paid tournament of thirty thousand dollars. Fantasy players. It is a week four tournament. All you do is register for the site, build a week four lineup, and by basically this time tomorrow, you could be sitting on some part of the $30,000, including the $6,000 grand prize. Check out the podcast if you miss any part of the show. Tony tells me it'll be up in 30 seconds. Bye bye, everybody. See you next week.